You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lamb Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. What is up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Van Flip Podcast. Today, I am joined by Johnny Davey, vocalist for Arizona Deathcore Pig Squeal Heavy Metalcore Band, Job for a Cowboy. Welcome back and welcome to the show, Johnny. How are you guys? Or how are you guys slash just you? Just you. How are you doing? I am excited to be here with the man, the myth, the legend, the lurker himself, <laughs> David, today. I am beyond excited to speak with you. I'm pumped. I am excited to hear your questions. Just just give it to me, buddy. I'm ready. We're going to do the whole thing. We're going to do the whole thing. I love it when I get a longtime uh, lamb goater on the show, uh, even more so that you're somewhat familiar with the podcast, like I said previously before. We hopped on here. Um, I enjoy that uh, you enjoyed it, and I, you know, I thank you for your patronage. Even though I didn't, like I said earlier, I wasn't the creator, but I am the current guy at the state at the at the wheel. So I appreciate you coming uh, to the website and you know using it as your homepage or whatever it is to check your internet and make sure the internet's working. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to toot your horn here, but I've been <laughs> a, a long time lurker myself on Lamgo. I think, to be honest, that's been my main source of news in this niche genre since god knows i i I can't even remember since my teens so um this is uh this is interesting yeah i'm 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 pumped it's it's uh it's close to the heart i would say one could almost say not just me but one could almost say without lamb goat there may possibly be no job for a cowboy since you know you were probably finding a lot of bands that inspired you to make Job for a Cowboy, maybe on Lamgood in the early aughts or early 2000s. That is without a shadow of a doubt true. You know, I've witnessed many uh, Lamgood forum comments, a lot of Van Flip comments that I've seen over the years. So, yes, I'm very self-aware of it all. <laughs> yeah. And now here we are, full circle. You're on the Van Flip podcast, just like everyone yearns to be at some point, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, that it's a perfect title. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, I've definitely, you know, I, I thought that when me and Alex, the original owner, were talking about, uh, we were talking about doing a podcast originally. And then like, I was like, well, it has to be Van Flip. And I think he was kind of got to be, I think he was it's a little bit cautious on that. And I can understand why, but I was like, dude, there's nah. no other kind of comment that kind of runs through the entire time that Lamb Goat's been a thing. You know, there's like a reoccurring comment after 16, 20 I, years. I, I wonder if you were to go back and uh, went through the forum and calculate how many times the string of van flip occurs. I wonder what that number would be. Quite often. It, it's probably pretty astronomical. That number must be insane. Yeah, the, the running, the <laughs> ongoing running jokes, uh, which I'm sure you're well aware of in the comment section and on the forum. They, you know, a lot of people ask me like where they come from, and I don't even think Alex knows where a lot of them come from. They just kind of happen, you know, and then. 
Uh, I think some have happened on my watch where I, I wasn't sure someone was saying something that was probably appropriate. And I was like, just in case I'm going to remove it. And then it just becomes worse. So I've learned to just kind of yeah. like, let it happen, you know, and uh, not worry about where everything's coming from, I guess. It, it, I think it was the right choice. You guys, you guys went with the right move for sure. Yeah. Do you remember when the comments were taken away a couple years ago? No, no. Oh yeah. Alex took the guys, comments off for a little short period of time. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how you feel about that, but it's interesting. I probably like you think of the comments the same way as like an early internet thing. Like the anonymous comments are like a early internet, you know, thing that was going on all the time. It wasn't just like, yeah. you know, you had to have like a verified account, this or the other, like it is today. Like there was some anonymity back in the early wild west days of the internet. And I think, you know, with talking with Alex being a part of Lamgo for so long, that's got to be something that stays with Lamgo, I think, for, so, for a while. So just for my understanding, there's a giant purge within the forum. Is that what happened? What are you asking? Whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's definitely been that many times throughout okay. the history. So gotcha. I, I, I wasn't aware. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, they've definitely like, um, well, like we've purged, like, not we've, but like they've all left before for many reasons, one reason or another, and gone to like a Facebook group or a, a Discord or, you know, some other kind of thing that does its thing for a little while, a couple of months, maybe a year, and then everyone comes back to the forum or, or whatnot. But currently... We're seeing a lot of people like just trickle back into the forum because they all left once I took over as part of like, uh, you know, screw me. So they were going to yeah, like not every, visit the website. <laughs> everyone's mad at David, I guess. I guess. what it comes down to. I don't know. <laughs> I may have may have like, you know, egged it on on the forum because they're so such genuine fellows over there. But, you know. Yeah. What can you do, man? No, it's it's the wild, wild west. You you nailed it perfectly. But uh, a lot of fun times in that forum, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there still are some fun times. Come on down to the Reviled Forum, fellas, if you're listening to the ladies and fellas. But it's probably better just for fellas because it's a little rough and tumble in there. <laughs> but anyway, Moon Healer. Yes. Yeah, we got some, we got some new stuff on the horizon for uh, Job for a Cowboy after... A couple years, you know, just taking a, a step back. So just, just, just ten years. It's cool. Yeah. It's a blink of an eye when you really think about it. Like you can think about ten years ago, and it feels like yesterday, Johnny. Am I right? Um, I don't know how old you are, but I, I think yeah, I get stuck in that mindset where um, everything, you know, I think ten years ago still feels like maybe two, three years tops to me. Yeah, no, I'm. I, I just turned forty in September, so yes. Everything is a blink of we're, an eye away. <laughs> we're similar in age, yeah. I'm I'm 36, so cool. So, um, yeah, let's just talk about the new record and and kind of like the hiatus and whatnot, because I know you've talked about it enough today. So let's get the formidables the formidables out of the way first, and then we'll you know get to chatting. Yes, what you got? What you got, my friend? So you know, ten years ago, let's let's kind of like briefly catch people up as to what what the reason was or what caused it, or if they're un unaware of what happened to job for a cowboy, you know, in the early 2000 aughts, whatever it was, 14, 13 or whatever. Um, why did you guys decide to kind of give it a little break? Was it just, you felt that time or just kind of weren't thinking about doing a long break. And the next thing you know, you blink as 10 years later. Um, well, let me take you back to a time about <laughs> 10 years ago. Let's, Let's step on the time machine and look back at what happened. 
I mean, um, anyone who's been maybe a little older, maybe familiar with the scene back then, uh, might be familiar with us. We toured uh, nonstop. Yeah, big um, band, big band for that time frame for sure. I, I was uh, home to me was in a van or in a bus, more so in a van to be honest, and um, it uh, it got to a point where. The thing with this niche genre and anything, you know, as far as money goes, it's very inconsistent. One Mm -hmm. month, you're going to get a certain amount. The next month, it could be entirely different. And you look at that from a year-to-year basis, it's it's all over the place. You never know. You just never know what it's going to look like. And um, I became a father roughly around that time frame. So uh, we had to hit the brakes. And that was kind of the catalyst to everything. We hit a fork in the road. The guys went their separate ways. Um, our guitar player, lead guitar player, Tony, he moved to Ireland. He got his um, medical doctorate's degree. So he does a lot of medical research over there, overseas mm-hmm. right now. I went back to college and I worked on my um, programming degree. I do a lot of automation work at home uh, with programming nonsense these days. Uh, and, and, and that's just kind of what happened so with that said uh, um we didn't know what was going to happen with the band but we decided hey let's not announce a breakup we decided let's leave the door cracked open because i feel like at some point we might want to come back to this and i'm and i'm glad we went that road because many many years later uh the stars aligned our schedules kind of opened up a bit and the, and the itch was always there mm-hmm. and we finally committed to this kind of daunting task of creating this record. And I, I'm glad we did. It, it was a blast. Did you ever think within that time frame that there was going to be a time or there wasn't going to be a time where John for Cowboy come back like five years in, did you ever kind of feel like I, you have the itch or you may feel like you want to, but it just feels unsurmountable to get all the people on board again. Hey, what's up? It's Lurk. Looks like you're enjoying the podcast. If you are and you like what we're doing here on the Van Flip, why don't you go ahead and pause this, give us a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to. If you want to find out any information on your favorite bands from the hardcore and metal scene, visit lambgoat.com. And to stay in the loop about everything that we post on lambgoat.com, make sure you like us on Facebook and you head over to Twitter and Instagram and follow us at lambgoat. Are you a full-grown adult and you also have a TikTok account? Congrats. Follow us on TikTok as well. You can find us under the username lambgoat.com. That's spelled out D-O-T-C-O-M. Head over to our YouTube channel where we have all of these podcasts in video format plus a lot more content that you should check out. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and you hit that notification bell so you're always alerted when we upload new content. And last but not least, if you want to follow me, Lurk, the host of the show, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at LurkCity. And as always, if you need any of the links that pertain to the artists on the show today, Lambgoat, or myself, you can always find them in the description. Thanks for listening to this message. Now let's get back to the show. Well, uh, we all we always kept in very good touch. Um, so I, I, I think we always kind of knew there was something there. It was just it was just the time, you know. We mm. were so busy with our own things, and uh, making this record was a very slow and arduous process. But I think that came to our benefit because with every record in the past, you know we had a strict deadline like metal blade wants this record at this time. And with this one, uh, you know, that wasn't an option. We had to really, um, work around our schedule, uh, our schedules, but because of that, we could really analyze, um, 
the album in and of itself, we could focus on our strengths and weaknesses. And uh, we put a really big emphasis on that. Um, and, and I hope that shines through in this new record. And that's just, that's just kind of where we're at today. Yeah. Um, it does seem like, you know, like, again, a blink of an eye, but you guys also had other things going on. Some of your other guys that were in the band with you previously and currently went on to fill in or play in a bunch of other bands in that time frame, Behemoth, Havoc, some other, you know, the list goes on and on. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm certain some of those experiences helped with writing uh, Moon Healer and such. And when did that process start for you all? Uh, at what point, like how many years of hiatus was it before you guys all got on the same page? Like, hey, let's really settle down and buckle down and try to get some kind of work put together. Um, well, to be honest, um, after Sun Eater, our last record, it mm -hmm. was, it was kind of bittersweet. Um, you know, after we recorded the record, I went MIA. Um, we didn't do any press. We didn't do any shows. It was just, um, the record came out one day and that was it. And we were very surprised of the generally positive reaction by it. And that's what I mean by bittersweet because we didn't, we didn't get mm -hmm. to capitalize on any of that momentum. Um, so, so there's that, um, as, as far as when we started shortly after that, Tony is, um, our lead guitar player. He kind of starts the seeds to every song. He immediately started writing shortly after that, but, um, I, I guess things really started moving after the release of a side project we did called Serpent Anosis, mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. Alan Glassman and, and Tony Senecandro, those are two guitar players in the band, they wrote a Death Grind record. Okay. So we kind of did that for fun on the side. Um, Is that the whole uh, the, Max the, the Serpent project was the... Yeah, okay. yeah. Yes, uh, Max Cavalera played bass on that. He's from the Black Dahlia Murder. So we had a lot of fun with that. Max Cavalera? <laughs> you said Cavalera. I might have mispronounced I might have mispronounced his last. I'm sorry, Max. <laughs> I, I had, where did I get that from? I don't know. Cavalera threw me off, though. <laughs> but uh, I don't, you're not the only one. I mean, you're not the only one that's fucked up names on this podcast, brother. By all means, I'll butcher, I'll butcher them in this episode, sorry. probably. Sorry, Max. I don't know. I, I've, I've been, had a lot of interviews today. I'm, I apologize, Max. He's got sepulcher and um, fly on the brain. It's okay. Yeah, you're, you're right. Um, I, I think that actually got brought up earlier in the interview for some reason. <laughs> um, but anyway, we had a blast doing that and uh like i said the the spark was always there the itch was always already near the record but it just seems so daunting to really uh, uh, put our heads in the sand and get it done but after that record we realized okay this is actually doable you know we had this kind of test run of collaborating with each other and after that we went all in on creating this so i think that was maybe 2017-18 okay okay and not to sidebar too much but is Serpent kind of like, is the chapters closed on that project or is it just something that's available for whenever you guys get, get time to do that? Or, or are you, are you itching, are you itching the itch with job for a cowboy? Now you don't need the Serpent project. Um, we're having a lot of fun doing this sort of stuff. And, uh, Alan Glassman is the main writer for that project. He's actually, uh, really finished up writing a new album it's just finding the time to get everyone else to do their parts mm. so a new album is on the way cool all right breaking some news for the goats um 
You know what's funny? Go. I I went I went to Lamb I, not Lamb I went to Lamb Goat. I do go to Lamb Goat. I went to lunch literally uh, earlier today, and I was talking with somebody who's not necessarily involved in like uh, heavy music or whatever, but I um, they were talking about like pig screams out of all the things that they could possibly talk about at lunch today, and I was like, funny you say that. Uh, one of the I have a podcast later today with like one of the first bands I've ever even heard do that, you know? Yeah. So I kind of want to go down that rabbit hole with you since it's fresh in my brain, since we talked about it earlier with my buddy, but where did, where did you get the idea to kind of incorporate the squeals in the, in the animal noises? God, man, that's just a tough one because that was, I was like 16 when that was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I, I don't really uh, uh, use that technique a whole lot if at all anymore <laughs> but um at the time i i don't know i think i was probably listening to a lot of gore grind i mean i i didn't invent that by any means right. I, there was definitely a good collection of gore grind bands back then that were doing that and i think i just kind of um i bit that i stole it and there it was and for whatever reason um i i guess i'm i'm the guy people tend to look back to for that better so, or for worse uh, right lucky me yeah lucky for me. better or worse yeah because i was <laughs> right. trying to, i was trying to think back as to like where that came from or you know it, without googling or something like that i was trying to think back of like where the first times that i heard that kind of vocal you know used and good lord it had to have been around that same time frame when y- you guys Jaffa cowboy early 2000s jumped on the scene and like it wasn't just you, you guys as well. I mean, there were other bands that sounded similar to you, like as Blood Runs Black and some of these other bands that were just really popular at that time. And I could see it now that you, you know people would get confused with it because they may not listen to like the more underground bands you were listening to as a sixteen-year-old kid. Uh, yeah, and you know, you guys were in that wave of deathcore bands or early, you know, two uh, thousands heavy metalcore where geez, that's all you ever heard about on MySpace or, you know, MySpace was really good for like bands like you guys and, and whatnot. And I think that thrusted that use of vocal technique out to everybody. Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to think back. I mean, um, I mean, to look back at, uh, you know, dying fetus and mm-hmm. destroy the opposition, stuff like that. I even earlier, very early despise icon that that was probably some of the influence for that vocal technique i suppose those are the first ones that come to mind i i know those aren't specifically gore grind but um i I can't think of anything particularly back then as to what i was listening to but that's where that all stemmed from and originated and originated from interesting and do you think it's gotten more prevalent over time uh i should say more prevalently sounding like animal noises over time i mean you look at it okay so i i guess (laughs) we got uh i guess we got uh the microscope shined on us for it back then you look at stuff now today with you know i guess you could look at the the lorna shore right thing today and the um uh i guess who did that before them um um infant annihilator mm-hmm. stuff like that it's just it's just interesting how what's old is new again <laughs> yeah styles uh, you know are back it so. all comes full it all comes full circle, yeah. Yeah, every ninety the nineties are coming back hard right now. Um mm-hmm, it really is. <laughs> so you uh you kind of started doing some programming with within the last ten years, so you're kind of like a uh, computer guy as well, huh? 
I am sitting here in my garage with four screens, and yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here all the time just programming away. Nice. So how's the Matrix looking today? The Matrix is terrifying. Yeah. I would be very concerned. <laughs> I'd be very worried about everyone's future, so just be very cautious and be very wary of what's to come. Yes, yes. Get all your money off, <laughs> off or on the blockchain. Who knows? We never know. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to believe these days. Yeah, I think exactly. it's tough for everyone to decide. I think so. Yeah, the guy. I've, I think I saw a clip. Just speaking of Bitcoin, the J.P. Morgan and Chase guys talking about how it's bullshit. But I'm thinking, like, he would be the one to say that, though, would he not? Like, they're they're all buying up Bitcoin. You look, you look at their uh, their financial backings. They're all buying into it. So who knows what the reality is? I don't know. Yeah. On this next segment with Johnny, uh, finances with uh, core bands. We're going with what you should invest heavily in your portfolios. Stop. Financial financial advice with job for a cowboy. Yeah. I mean, they only had to take a brief hiatus because they wanted to get their bucks into order. You know, now they have everything in order, a hot new album coming out. It's all good stuff, man. Investing yeah. and they invested in themselves, okay? Correct. Interesting. Correct. Uh, so what's on the docket for the for the band, though? I mean, I know you guys have your own lives and your own things going on, but do you guys plan on, you know, hitting the road as frequently as you had, or is it going to be more orchestrated and, you know, lumps here, lumps there, kind of like a weekend or something yeah. situation? I, I think it's more of um, I, uh, I hate to use the uh, term weekend warrior to a degree, but it's going to be kind of that as a father of two now. Even other guys have other priorities and responsibilities. This is more of a very passion project um, at this point in time. I, I can't imagine any of us committing to a full-time schedule, at least to the extent as, as to what we were. I mean, we were, mm -hmm. I couldn't even, I don't even know how many months out, out of the year we were touring back then. Most of but, them, um, I think. It would, it would, I just remember like all the time. Bands were going all the time back in the day. That was that was life. That's That, that was... Uh, home was a different venue every day um you know it was one of those when we were touring when i came home it felt weird mm -hmm. and it felt more normal to be in a van um but uh we're, we're older now and as far as things moving on in the future there's a lot of discussion tours shows unfortunately nothing's set in stone as of yet yeah i was, but, I was looking uh, through and I, I was like i can't believe i haven't gotten like an show announcement or anything for you guys yet but we're trying to work on things a lot of discussions are in the shadows as of right now um but it's just hard it's it's hard getting everyone on the same page and getting everyone's schedules on the same page mm -hmm. to make something like that happen but uh just be on the lookout it's it's inevitable yeah and you guys did grace the stage recently well not super recently but you you did play uh God, what was the uh, Blue, Blue Ridge. Ridge? Blue Ridge, yeah. And I'd like to know what your feelings are on that festival because <laughs> you know, apparently there's some a lot stuff of negativity on yeah, that festival, went, huh? Uh, yeah, I see know. a lot of people angry and upset about that, huh? And I, I and I know that I don't know if you've been to that festival prior, but obviously you had a different uh, a different viewpoint because you were you know behind the behind the yeah. the curtain so to speak with the wizard but how was your experience there was it anything as bad as it sounded like or just like a normal festival experience with some you know inclement weather and stuff i think um people don't understand how bad the weather actually was mm -hmm. it was insane and um 
I, I don't think that's really talked about enough. Um, you know, people were literally hiding underneath the stage when the storms came through just for protection. And, you know, when something like that happens, it, it's going to fuck up a festival quite a bit. Yeah. It, it, to some degree, there's going to have some type, type of trickle down effect. But for whatever reason, our day was awesome. We were, <laughs> you know, so many bands didn't even get to play. I think, uh, you know, Pantera was one of the biggest um focal points of the festival they didn't even play mm, yeah uh but but on our day um the skies cleared up and it was awesome i don't have i mean from my perspective i don't have personally anything bad to say at all i i i think people just um really are disregarding the factor of weather and unfortunately Safety that's, and stuff yeah it happens yeah they're all upset that they spent hundreds of dollars and didn't get to see Pantera or whatnot. But you know, it's... no, I, I, I bet people got to understand it's an it's an open air festival. There's no, it's not in a club. It's not in a in a, in a giant room. It's it's a stage in the middle of a field. Yeah. and you know, it's build rain or shine. So you know what I mean. Like you you have that going into it. No one's guaranteed to see anybody. And I've gone. You know, I'm I'm like I said, I'm 40. I've never seen Corn play live. I don't know how that's happened in my life, but there's been multiple times where I've, you know, booked, not booked a ticket, but I've bought a ticket for like an outdoor event and they're supposed to play. And there's been multiple times where they haven't played. So it's just part of the whole yeah. stick, you know, I just hope they don't do a Rage Against the Machine thing and then like call it a day again. And then I'll never yeah. get to see them, you know, but we'll it's, see. It's just luck of the, it's just luck of the draw with that opener stuff. You just never know what you're going to get. You can't control the weather. Yeah. I'm very interested to see what happens with Blue Ridge because they were um you know I think the year you played last year was probably their biggest year that they tried to bite off and it was kind of like they they felt like they were trying to um pull off some of those kind of like European festivals, which were really cool because they're, you know, multiple days, four days and it's just kind of like heavy bands you know, from small to big. And it's really started feeling like, oh, okay, well, we have the, I don't know, logistics and the crowds to support something like that. And uh, it kind of sucked that it went all to shit for them real quick. Uh, as I guess it may, because things are happening so quickly and people are voicing their opinions so prevalently on the internet that uh, shit hit the fan real quick for them. But, you know, that being said, I think, the DWP festivals are going to probably step up in the lull. Uh, and I just hope that Blue Ridge can either fix their issues and come back because, you know, more festivals are better, I guess. Yeah. 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 I, that's, that's something I feel the United States um, has had trouble capitalizing on. I mean, I, I mean, there's, there's things like the mayhem festival and stuff like that. When you look at in Europe, there's so many um, eclectic festivals, especially more in the metal genre that, are, are constantly going on throughout the year that the United States doesn't have. And um, mm -hmm. it, it, I think uh, people of lamb goat would probably like to have more of, but um, you know, I, I know people shit on Blue Ridge festival, but it's something like that's awesome to have. Uh, it helps all the bands and um, all the fans. Uh, I think it's a, as a win. I mean, as far as uh, I know the circumstance sucks in, in that situation, but, uh, I, I I personally wish there was more of. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not trying to call for their failures or whatever, but you know, it would be cool if they were to come back and uh, 
I don't I don't want to say like do it right or do buy right by everybody because it's not really like you said it's not really there not fully to blame I know there's some probably stuff that you and I don't know about that goes on yeah. behind the scenes yeah. but we don't have that information so we can't really speak to that but at, from where from what I see from what I know it seemed like a shit end of the stick luck of the draw and the last two times I've gone to yeah. fucking Rockville have been rained out for a good chunk of it but you know. I'm not one to complain, but I'm not traveling states away and camping in the lot and doing all this other stuff either. So I, I get it both ways, man. Um, I, I, it sucks for the fan that paid all that money, especially camping out in that circumstance. It's just in the end, just shit happens. Yeah. And uh, for those people who like where it sucks, you know, it could have been the best time. Like riding a roller coaster is a really fun, great time, but you don't talk about that years down the road. You know, you talk about that shitty time that you had, where the rain came and you were under the stage for the festival. And that's kind of what you laugh with your buddies about for years to come. So, you know, you got to flip the script a little bit. <laughs> that's, that's, that is the most positive response to the Blue Ridge Festival I've probably ever heard. And um, I, I agree. Okay. Uh, I'll build, you know, sometimes I'll, be, I'll build them for that. <laughs> you, you, should, you should hit them up, send them an email. Like, Hey, I got some ideas here. We could change your image. I got it figured out. I got some viral video ideas. We're just getting me on there, just telling them it's going to be cool. You know, it sucks, but it doesn't suck. So right. um, you, you you became a father within the time frame of the hiatus and stuff like that. How has becoming a father again, or not a father again, but you've had another child. So how does, how does being a father play in to like, not just being in the band these days, but like, how you approach writing music and lyrics and stuff like that. Does that, or does it even none? It what are you talking about? Doesn't cross? Absolutely none. All right. No, that, no, no, no. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, no, I, I, I think the really only difference with, with fatherhood and the band is just, um, the, uh, just the allotted time I have in my life and what I can focus on. That, that's really all it comes down to. Mm. You know, my my main focus is is being a father, is my career. Uh, I obviously always have an itch for this. You know, I, I built this in my early teens with these guys in the band. So that that itch is always strangely there, and I'm just pumped to um, still have that ability to. Man, I'm, I'm trying to avoid sounding as pretentious as possible, and, and I feel like I'm struggling here, but. Man, it's just it's 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 just cool to uh, just being able to continue on with this nonsense of <laughs> writing silly lyrics and yelling into a microphone. I, I mean, I I honestly get a lot of joy out of it, as, as silly as it sounds. Yeah, are they are your children cognizant of like what you do? Because obviously, like you weren't in a band when they were born, and now that you're yeah. kind of moving into that cycle, uh, or not the cycle, but you're in the you're in the album cycle kind of world right now where you're you know writing a record promoting a record releasing a record uh are they cognizant of like oh dad's also in a band that was before me or they're just like dad's doing some weird bar band in the guitar again or in the I, garage I think not think, guitar i don't know what the fuck that was about sorry i i think they just think i'm a weirdo in the end <laughs> I, I i think they, they could care less what i'm doing in my spare time they, they just they just want me to play video games with them and and call it a day. Nice. And I'm just like, oh, dad's being weird in the garage right now. So I didn't know um, if like uh you know that would change the trajectory of what you put out there art wise. Like maybe they because of the band being so heavy and so kind of like a brutal type band and you know 
lyrical content being lyrical content. I didn't know if you were going to not alter or edit, but just switch it up to where like if you don't have to explain maybe to your children at some point, like, oh, well, this is about this or this and that, or it's not really about this. It's supposed to be supposed to make you think about this. And, you know, I didn't know if that was going to be a task for you. No, they're, they're still young right now. They're five and eight. Um, I don't think they can really comprehend any of that, but it'd be interesting in the future what their thoughts of it are. I guess, I, I guess time will tell. Do you, um, are they familiar with heavy music? Cause obviously within that 10 years, you were not around, uh, the band you were probably still listening to stuff that was in the same you know genres and everything yeah no um definitely i'm I'm playing uh, you know i'm cleaning the house and i'm playing whatever nonsense <laughs> in the stereo now so they're uh definitely familiar with the extreme metal genre no by all guppies. means no no bubble guppies in the car uh, Sorry. <laughs> oh, bubble guppies. I'm sorry. I think I think you cut out there. No, man. What are they? They're into Minecraft. Mm. Um, that's their shtick right now. So, is that no? That's they're Fortnite. Build, they're was building thinking, away. I was thinking Fortnite was the one that did the uh, Avenged Sevenfold stuff recently. They've done some kind of crossover concerts and maps and stuff like that, but not Minecraft. Anyway, crazy. Do right, you, right, right. You're a video game guy too. Then I would assume they got it from you, or that's not something they picked up. Um, I think they just kind of picked that. I don't even remember how they picked up on that. Um, I, I don't, uh, I mean, any, if there's any fathers listening into this podcast, I'm sure their kids have probably fell into Roblox or Minecraft. And that just seems to be the, the thing these days for children. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't even have kids, but I got nieces and nephews and I know all about that, you know? So yeah, that's their focus. They're all into it. Hyper-focused on the building. They are. It's it's actually kind of cool, you know. It's uh, I I think it's I, I think a lot of that could be very beneficial as they grow older. Yeah, I definitely have played Minecraft, not Roblox, but I've played Minecraft for a little bit in the earlier early days of it. But uh, I kind of gave up on video games until you know a couple months ago, and I bought a PS5, and it's kind of all been downhill oh. again. Oh God, what are you playing? Um. Man, Call of Duty. I'm just addicted to it, and I I okay. I gave it up for. I think when I logged back on, it said last time I was on was 2016 on a Call of Duty game, and yeah. um, it's weird how like instantly I'd start playing again, and the anxiety, uh, the anger, and all the other stuff <laughs> come right on back real quick. You know, as you're playing, it does. It's you get crazy. I've I've always a first person shooter guy myself. Like when I was younger, yeah. I play Unreal Tournament and Quake. So yes. if I were to play video games, I'd tend to fall in the first-person shooter genre. Yeah. Are you, you're a PC guy, or do you console if you I'm, have to choose? I am a PC Master Race guy myself, yes. Nice. Are you a PC, and, uh, PC or Mac guy? No, just PC. Okay, okay. I prefer the Macs. Although for gaming, I you have to kind of go PC because it's not right. really, Yeah, you can't really kinda game. Kind of got to. Uh, so what other uh, what other things you've been doing outside of uh, you know programming and writing the new record? Like what else drives Davey in his day to day? Um, honestly, that's that's kind of it. Uh, you don't have a lot of so time, time. With being a dad and everything like that. I know the time. I just I just have I just have no time. But I mean, realistically, the band did take up a good chunk uh, as far as you know creativity and just um, as a 
I get a quote unquote hobby. I, I consider it more than that, but that that's pretty much it. I did this, this whole time has just been hyper focusing and over analyzing this new record moon healer. Mm-hmm. And that's coming out February 23rd on metal blade. Check uh, it out. Check yeah, it yeah. Out. Check it out. There's a couple singles that are out. There's probably going to be a couple, uh, you know, shows and weekend tours in the next year. So check that out for sure. How was it? Um, how was it? You recorded the album here in Florida, right? Or I did, yes. Yeah. yeah. So how was working in uh, Sanford? Um. So that goes back to Jason Sukoff at Audio Hammer Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a very renowned producer, and his very renowned studio. Uh, we, we have a really close relationship with Jason. Um, man, what can I say about him? Uh, he's an interesting guy. He's uh, a spaz. He's all over the place. He's a very quirky guy. He's he's a tough guy to read when you first meet him. But, um, you know, we, we've worked with him four times now. And, um, man, uh, we, we keep going back to him just because he's, uh, I personally feel like he's a masterful songwriter. He's, he's an amazing guitar player uh, and even vocalist. You know, we, mm-hmm. we were writing a lot of, technical and intricate stuff and it's nice to have someone that can completely digest it and even pull it off himself as a musician so um we really respect and appreciate his input and that's just uh, he's the man that's why we keep going back to him yeah he's got a lot under his belt work with like trivium and god forbid and Black Dahlia. Yeah, Black Dahlia. Uh, uh, it's all over the place barrier dead a lot of other people man. yeah he's done a lot um. Yeah, I find that was weird that you guys, you know, well, I don't know where all, everyone lives, but you're in Arizona, and Sanford's not too far away from here. But I kind of also, you know, was thinking like, well, maybe they want to get in the whole like, you know, death metal motherland. They want to get those vibes, you know, because Tampa's not super far from there. But oh, uh, for Florida, yeah. I mean, I don't really. We never really thought of that at all. We just really dug the production of all of his albums. And then it was just a bonus once we realized he's just such an amazing musician. And uh, he he gives so much awesome feedback. It's just... Um, and, and not only that, we, we've created... You know, like I said, we worked four times with each other at this point mm-hmm, on, four mm-hmm. different projects. Um, we have such a good relationship now. We're not afraid and we're very comfortable to tell each other how we really feel if we're not feeling something, if we think something sucks, you know, and the same thing with him, he tells us flat out, you know, I don't, I don't like this. I think you guys should change it. Like, oh, okay. Well, interesting. Yeah. We'll, we'll, um, change course and, you know, try to make each other happy. I, I think with me being the last resounding founding member of the band, uh, people generally think that, you know, uh, it's my way or the highway, but it's <laughs> not like that at all. If, if, if there's something that we write and produce that any member or even the producer, Jason doesn't like it goes in the trash and we, we keep um, hammering away at it until we're all in agreement that we enjoy it. So everyone's got to be on the same page for something to even make it not even the final cut, but just make the cut. It's, it's, it's a pain in the ass. Yes. (laughs) Uh, But I think, I think it's a way to go. How much does Jason, uh, how much does, is he involved uh, in, in like the writing process? Obviously you guys show up with either uh, songs in the bank or you guys work on songs there, but 
because you guys feel so comfortable and he's such a great musician, um, is there any input that he may add that you guys, you know, added to the record, the final product? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, so generally what happens, we have a, a rough draft uh, of the record. We give it to him, we analyze it, and we just start picking away at it. If there's like a riff or section that he thinks we can improve upon, if we think we should go back and repeat a section, just stuff like that, we uh, um, we do all of the above with him. So he's he's very much involved with the musical writing. He's he's almost he's almost um, a sixth member of the band when when we're in the studio with him. Yeah, and for those who are not super up to date with the correlation, if there's a correlation, uh, Sun Eater was the last album you guys did. You know, kind of just like left it on the left it on the table for people to find, and then you know, ten years later, you're doing Moon Healer. Um, could you explain the correlation between the two? Yes. Um, so Sun Eater and Moon Healer, uh, they're all derived from the same concept and I don't, um, I've been, uh, weary of giving away too much because this is about a specific person in the music scene that if I gave too much away, I feel like a lot of people would immediately figure out who this person is. So <laughs> I'm very, um, cautious as to what I say, but long story short, um, you know, Sun Eater was a collection of songs of a very close friend who dove very heavily in a vast array of hallucinogenic drugs to the point where I would consider um, drug abuse, I guess, mm, might okay. be the right word, where okay. it's uh, pulled out some inner schizophrenia, maybe some bipolar disorders, and it kind of really affected their life in a negative way. So with Sun Eater, that was kind of a third person point of view as to how it affected their life. And with moon healer, we said, okay, you know, like I said, it was bittersweet that we released Sun eater. We didn't do anything off of it. We still really like the concept. Let's, let's, um, let's analyze what we did in moon healer. Let's look at our strengths and weaknesses. Let's try to emphasize more of our strengths, put a microscope more on that as, as far as lyrically goes, like I said, sun eater is a, um, third person point of view with this, new album moon healer is more of a, a first person where i dive i did a bunch of a bunch a bunch of research into their beliefs their mm. pseudo religious psychedelic beliefs and religious it was actually really in, that's a good way to put it yes <laughs> so I, I i dove pretty heavily i did a bunch of research and it's, it's interesting because now i have a better understanding of this person and i i can kind of uh reflect back and and know um their point of view and, and where they were at in life so it was it was interesting and honestly a lot of a lot of fun to write about yeah speaking of hallucin hallucinogenic drugs and whatnot how prevalent is that in like the metalcore scene or the metal scene like because obviously you know that certain things are a little more prevalent like uh drinking uh obviously there's bands that are definitely been known to drink or do cocaine or smoke weed or whatever but you don't really hear about a lot of bands like just you know going nutty on mushrooms or taking a lot of lsd and acid or something like that uh well not necessarily in like your genre of music i would i'd guess but is that a, yeah. is that something that's kind of prevalent back in the day when you were kind of you know in the heyday not at all man it was um just stick with the basics um <laughs> 
you know, uh, I'm not going to name the drugs, but you could probably call them out. Uh, but nothing particularly on the hallucinogenic side. Which is weird because so, I, I would assume guys from the desert living in the desert would be more apt to that because you have like the surroundings uh, and settings. And hey, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not speaking about us. I'm just talking <laughs> about in general. I think uh, you know I, I'm going to hold back as to you know the potential drug use job for a cowboy has done. You know there <laughs> might have been a bit of an influence in that in our past couple records. Um, you know, to, just try to get a better understanding of this protagonist that we wrote about in this, in these concepts of, of these two albums. But, um, yeah, it's just, uh, just a lot of drinking, you know, when I was back on tour, it's just a lot of drinking and maybe, uh, a couple, a couple particular drugs that people, uh, would partake in. Yeah. Back to, uh, touring and such, because you guys, you know, will be playing shows in the near future, hopefully. And, uh, that you haven't announced yet, but, it's got to be tough. It's going to be tough, I would assume, because you'll probably play festivals. I'll just go ahead and throw out. You'll probably play festivals. And you'll probably play like some headliner club show weekend things or whatever. It's going to have to be a, a task to choose which songs you're going to play on your set, because now you'll have two albums that you have not played stuff live from, for the most part, to select from. One that's been in people's ears for 10 years without being able to see any of it live. And then you'll obviously be dropping Moon Healer, but you'll also have classics from you know Genesis and other albums and such like that. So how much of a task will it be to create not only does a, a headlining set or a set that you would play for a full you know time slot and dwindling that down, and how much different would it be from a festival set where you know people just want to hear like the banger, so to speak, and you only have five songs to choose from or five songs to play? Yeah, I mean. It's a bit of a struggle. I mean, with the older songs, it's kind of muscle memory at this point. Even after however god many years we haven't played any shows from touring, um, a lot of those older songs just come with ease. It's we've played them so many times, not not much has changed. Yeah. Even after all these years, it's like it's it's embedded into our memory. With the newer songs, it's definitely a lot of work because we haven't practiced them. We haven't had a uh, a history of of playing them over and over again in in, in the live format. Um, so I, as far as trying to figure out a set list, it's, it's, it's a bit difficult for sure because it's almost, you know, um, I, the band's history because of that's almost split into two parts, you know, the, the older aspect where we've spent so much time on working through those uh, again from uh, the performance aspect and then all these other ones where we haven't yet. So we have to just, you know, when we're practicing, we're definitely practicing those newer songs quite a bit more yeah. than, you know, stuff from our Doom EP if, if we do end up playing those, you know? I'm sure people are going to be yelling it in the crowd. Uh, how yeah. often How often do you guys get together all at once? Never. Are yeah. you kidding me? I was about to say, it's probably um, very difficult to but, do. But, but that it's okay, though, because we're so um, familiar with each other as musicians. Um it's easy. I don't know. It's, it's, it's difficult when you work with somebody new because you know, timing and whatnot, but we have our timing down. Like we know if there's subtle things like, you know, someone just gives you a look or hmm. uh, it, it's, it's hard to explain. It's it just, once you're playing with a bunch of guys for so long, it's uh, something's come as second nature. It's, 
kind of hard to um, put into words. We got you. Um, oh, there was one thing. Oh, yes. So your first show back in X amount of years was Blue Ridge. How was that like walking on stage? Because obviously, like, also that was like billed as like a, one of the reunions, right, for Blue Ridge. And that's kind of what these festivals are kind of becoming known for is kind of like, who can throw the most money at this band to get them back together? So uh, I'm not saying that was you. I'm not saying it wasn't you. But I'm just saying you were one of the bands that was reunited on the stage. So how was it for you guys walking out on, you know, seeing the crowd and such? Uh, Nerve-wracking, to be honest. Um especially playing in front of that big of an audience, but I, I almost find it uh, easier sometimes to play in front of a bigger crowd than a more intimate crowd. Yeah. And I don't know why that is. I think you lose everyone. Well, you lose the faces in the crowd. Like they're there, but they're not as prevalent as like 10 faces to 10,000, you, you know, the, really there's that. And, you know, I, I kind of look at playing live, especially in this genre, kind of like pro, pro wrestling. Um, if <laughs> that get, makes any sense, a little bit. It I does. look at us. I look at us as pro wrestlers on stage. So when there's a bigger audience, you could kind of ham it up a bit more mm. and not be as self-conscious as to what you're doing on stage. As, as I feel like when you're in a more intimate crowd, you kind of have to read the smaller audience a little bit more as to what would be acceptable. Um, and, you know, with a big crowd, you could just, you just be a complete goofball. As long as the guy, you know, however many feet back can kind of get a general sense of what you're doing, it's, it's a win. Um, but no, it was definitely nerve wracking for Blue Ridge. But as soon as the first note hit, it was, uh, I was beamed up into some sort of time machine and I was right back where I was 10 years ago. So yep. that's, that's kind of how it works. That's kind of what I felt. But obviously there were probably some pins and needles and anxiety leading up to it because you don't know, you haven't been on stage in X amount of years. You're flying across the country to play some festival you've never probably been to. And you don't know what the audience is like or the crowd will be like or Next thing you know, yeah, you're behind. You're behind the there, walking there's up. One, there's just one goal: just don't train wreck. Don't train wreck a song. That's that's what it comes down to. Just get through it. Yeah. <laughs> was there any mishaps? Was there any like borderline train wrecking going on? No, it oh, was uh, smooth sailing. I, I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't have wished for a, a better reunion, quote unquote, show for us. It was. It was great. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, again, hopefully those announcements come. Sooner than later, mm-hmm. um, I'm not trying to call you out, but I've no- I've noticed in the, in talking with you for the last hour that you are also one that sways back and forth. You know, okay, you, you what, sway, what are you trying to say? Here? I do. What it do you too. got now? I stand. Whenever I'm standing, I'm usually not standing still. I'm like swaying back and forth, and I was just curious as if you are, uh, you know, aware that you do that as as well. I'm aware. Okay. I'm thinking, man. <laughs> I'm trying to put my thoughts together. You know, you're throwing yeah. all this stuff at me. I got to really put some thought into it. No, no, that's fine. But um, I, I do the same. And someone called me out for shaking my foot a lot on, um, I did the recent podcast with Daryl. You could see like my feet and stuff, which you normally could see um, on the early podcast when I had people at my house, like, you know, yeah. my whole body was in the frame. So you could did, see. Did, didn't you used to do like a, like a table and a guy would sit and you could kind of see a little more. Yeah. I, I mean, I've had, di- I've had different setups for sure. I've had, uh. I've had, we had a warehouse that I did it in for a little while and Franz and I did the warehouse with like, it was just me and him in a giant room with yeah. everything reverberating. I've done it in my house. I've done it uh, in the offices of that warehouse with a table and some other stuff too. But we're getting to a point where I need like a, just a space here 
and then I'll just take every band that comes to town. I'd love to get back to just in-person podcasts, but then I miss out on these opportunities of like, who knows when, you know, Johnny Davey and the J the JFAC boys are coming through Jacksonville. So I'll take this time to chat with you. You see what I'm saying? Or, you know, yeah. Oh, we just start calling you skanky leg, David. I'll be the swaying Johnny. Yeah. yeah. Well, I also swear too. I also sway, but I could be stinky leg. Yep. You know, I listen to rap and Southern rap. So I, I know I can stinky <laughs> leg too. I can do the stinky leg, you know, but no, that was just interesting. I saw you do that and then it just, you know, I wanted to mention it, but I didn't want to call you out, call you out. I always think I, okay. I always think I look weird when I'm in public doing that, but I do it all the time. I'm, I'm a middle-aged man. I don't, I don't care anymore. That's true. What do I got to lose at this point, man? Yeah. I'm just a weirdo. You're already set. So do you, yep. when, when you, is it a work from home programming job or do you have a place where you have to go in and like socialize with other people? No, I'm work from home. I'm in zoom meetings with, uh, I'm just in zoom meetings all day and just coding all day. So presentations through zoom communication through zoom, stuff like that. Mm. And when, when this album cycle stuff started rolling around and you started writing an album and did you have to tell anyone at work, be like, Hey guys. Um, so like 10 years ago I was in this crazy ass band and we're kind of like doing some stuff again. And so I know you think I'm like the nerdy programming guy, but you might see a different side of me that will make you think of me differently. Um, yeah, there, there's been, it's funny. Uh, there's been some, I've worked for some companies, uh, and worked with other companies where they realized who I was. <laughs> so that's always been a bit strange, you know, and it just makes you realize how small the world is, I suppose. Um, yeah. they come out there sometimes. I actually got a guy on my team right now who was very aware of the band and he was super pumped to hear that we're putting out a new record and playing the Blue Ridge Festival. So it's just, it's just odd, yeah. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, I definitely always say this world, it's very small. And um, it's weird because I run into people all the time, um, you know, randomly. Like I ran in, I've said this a million times before on this podcast, but uh, Frank from Hate, Breed, and Integrity, like, you know, I ran into him and Tony at a Rays game in Tampa. And Frank's a big Rays fan cool. and I'm a Rays fan. And I was like, fuck, dude. And I'd already had him on the podcast. So, you know, we just kind of watched the game together. But then a buddy of mine was in Buffalo, just our Niagara Falls, Buffalo area, right after Furnace Fest and ran into Nick of, you know, it dies today just at the wing place, you know, and it's just like weird. You know? I know it's, it's, you know, there's not a whole, I mean, in the end, there's a lot of people doing this stuff in the death metal, hardcore metalcore scene, but you know, once you see them, you know, there's not a whole lot of them out there. So you can recognize them pretty easily. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we're all dr- yeah. We all have the same uniform on. <laughs> right. I know we're all black shirts, tattoos. So yeah. 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 Do you still get tattooed? Um, I did, uh, last, yes. I started working on, got some work on my left sleeve, I think about six, seven months ago. So still getting tattooed still. I don't know why I'm still doing it, but well, at this point, there's happens. no reason not to now you, you, you'd already kind of got, I'm, did you, did you have any, uh, job killers previously? Like knuckle tats, as far or as, hand, hand tats, face no, tats? No, I, I, I've, uh, intentionally avoided that, uh, getting <laughs> the hand tattoos, neck tattoos. And it's funny now that I just work from home. It's just, 
it, it seems to be more and more accepted now. I feel like I could go full range. It wouldn't affect my career by any means. I mean, yeah, it's just funny how it worked. It's also strange where it's become more acceptable that anytime I see someone with tattoos like that, I just instantly assume you're from our world, but yeah, I don't know. You can't 30, anymore, 30, man. 33 percent of the time I'm it. right. That's it. 33 percent of the time I'm right. The two thirds time I'm wrong. They just like tattoos. You look at guys in, in, in pop today with face tattoos and rap, it's just everywhere. So yeah, yep. it's, who would have thought it's, it turned to this after yeah. it wasn't like that 10 years ago. That's for sure. No, you know, 10 years ago is when the last time I got tattooed, but I've been wanting to get my arms done. I have like my leg. I have some tattoos on my arm, but I want to get sleeves done. I have a leg sleeve and a chest piece and stuff like that. But you know, I'm just like, fuck it, dude. I'm 40 now. And I've wait, you know, like, like you, I didn't want to get like job killers or anything like that. Cause I was like still in the workforce. So to yeah. speak, but now that, like, it just hurts. It's not fun. Yeah. But they have why, the numbing cream now. It? Now you can get that numbing is cream. It, it, is it just ego? Is this why we're doing this? What's going on? Like, why are we still doing this at our age? Cause I'm a peacock. You know what I'm saying, Johnny? And I yeah. need to fly. I need to be seen and fly. Okay. Yeah. You got to get the ladies, I guess somehow. And I have, you know, I can put lamb goat on my knuckles and it would fit perfectly, dude. Like, come on. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if anyone does have a lamb goat tattoo. I would assume if Alex it, doesn't have one, I hope no one has one. But we'll see. if if you got lamb goat on your knuckles, I really hope the lamb goat form would go to town on you. That's for sure. Well, <laughs> I have I have news for you and everyone else. They already currently do go to town on me, and it's all good. So you know, um, it's funny sometimes. You know, uh, we'll we'll end on this. We'll end on the comments. Sometimes it's funny because there there are a few bands that have issues with the comments and they are vocal about it. And what's funny is I think the the only people that are that mention the comments online or or publicly are people that don't like mm-hmm. them or whatever for one reason or another. But I have to say that in private, whether it's through message, through conversation, through whatever, I get so many compliments for the comments. You know? And that's, that's what awesome. people that's what people I mean, don't see. So, whatever. I mean, no, it's it's been a uh, I, I I couldn't tell you how many hours I've spent in the forum reading stuff. It's it's always been a fun place. I mean, I I understand how people might get um upset yeah. about some of the things people say, but it's it's a land of trolls, and um, maybe uh, you and me are are uh, a bit of a troll ourselves no for sure and you know what's funny about that i literally boiled it down in the last couple months and i thought about it because i was like i replied to everything online Mm -hmm. as a lamb goat forum person or a commenter and that's just from back in the day like because it was again it's just like really bad comedians trying to tell really bad jokes and get laughs that's all that is but you know like Whenever I see something on Twitter or <laughs> on Facebook, I just instantly pops in a comment that you would probably put on like lamb goat. And I'm like, ah, I can't do that. <laughs> you know? So it's weird how yeah. it's like molded how I see the internet when I, from yeah. back in the day. So, yeah, but I, I think, uh, you and I, you and I both were raised on internet forums. So it's a yeah, different time. yeah, I totally get it. And I appreciate that bands like you or like you and bands like yours can, roll with those punches and understand what they are. Cause obviously some bands newer or, you know, not, uh, maybe older, but not as well versed in the world of lamb goat. They, they find a, we're fit. veterans. Yeah. They're, we're they're veterans, fans. man. We get it. 
<laughs> nodding the hat to you. Nodding the hat. That's a great thing. I appreciate yep. it. Uh, and I like it when bands make fun of the comments too. Like Esquela Grind just did a, a big, uh, not a big shirt, but they released a long sleeve shirt with some comments from Anonymous on there. That's awesome. I thought it was funny That's because awesome. they are a band that gets a lot of comments about them for the kind of members they have, the kind of music they do, uh, you know, female fronted band, yada, yada, yada. And they yeah. just take it and roll with it. And I think that's the exact thing uh, that you should do. I think, I think, you know, I think you should, I mean, you, uh, in, in, in my, you know, I look back at me, um, it's, it's a little weird in hindsight, uh, as far as gatekeeping and elitism goes, you know, I was a bit of that myself by all regards in my, in my twenties. Um, and, um, uh, it's just, uh, you know, our, it, it's interesting to look at our, the perception of Joffrey Cowboy back then in the early stages to what it is now. I think it's vastly different. I think we're more accepted in some of those gatekeeping circles, but in the end, um, regardless of what people are saying about your band, I think it's, as long as people are saying something about you, it's it's a win yeah whether it's negative or positive so I, I, I tend to look at it that way i tend to tell people that if they're not commenting on your stuff you have a bigger problem exactly yeah. yeah i think if you're causing someone to troll you or talk about you or anything that's what the art does it's supposed to make uh it's supposed to get a reaction that's the reaction that you're getting right regardless of yes they may be just yes, making so. a joke or they may be for real they may hate your band <laughs> But yeah, so I think that's good general advice for a newer band. If you're still listening to this podcast, like don't be <laughs> discouraged by negative comments. Uh, I would embrace it and know that people are aware and talking about your band. And Johnny, on that note, we're an hour in. I will let you go on on that. Cool, I man. appreciate I appreciate your time. And I appreciate uh, that you were waiting a little bit, but I also appreciate your other interview went longer. So I had a little more extra time to take my dog out. And uh, very, very unprofessional of you, by the way. I just want to call out for being late. Hey, right, well, you know what? But it's Lamb Goat. I don't think professional and Lamb Goat go hand in hand <laughs> in any conversation. So, that being that's said, fair. that's very fair. Metal Blade Records will have will will be releasing Moon Healer on February twenty third. This podcast will come out before that. Um, you already currently have a couple singles out: Forever Rot and Is there another one? Or am I blanking? Uh, there's, uh, the agony seeping storm was the first one, the forever rot. And by the time this comes out, we'll have a third single, the chemical doorway out with a music video. So check that out if you have not already. Nice. Please. And we will obviously be posting it. So make sure you check in lambgoat.com and Johnny, thank you again. Hopefully you come down to the Southeast and we can kind of, you know, have a beer together at a show or something like that. I will gladly take you up on that offer. All right. Thanks, Doc. man. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks. Bye. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now.